The new season is off and running, so the podcast off and running as well. Welcome to episode two this season of the Keith Ergo Show, your inside look into Florida men's basketball with the head coach. I'm Andrew Bogish, as always, happy to hang out with you this evening, Keith. Um, two games in, one win, one loss, as always. Thanks for hanging out with us. It'll be fun. Um, I just, before we get any further here into any of this, I, I think you leave within 24 hours for a warm beach somewhere. Uh, I haven't haven't gotten an invitation. Safe to assume I'm not going on the trip. Is that correct? Well, I wasn't sure. I figured you were coming along, honestly. Unfortunately, I don't make those decisions or else you'd be sitting first class. But (laughs) I got to be honest with you, we're excited. You know what? That's the best part about basketball. Um, Not too many days between our next opportunity. Um, And we leave. We do leave tomorrow after our practice and head to St. Thomas to, um, to play three games in four days. And I got to tell you, this group has responded very well in the last couple of days. Um, they've come to work, you know, the lunch pail mentality, gotten better in film, gotten better through yoga, gotten better through shooting, got better through practice, um, which practices have been very, very uh, competitive and very, very uh, difficult uh, on purpose. Um, so uh, excited about the response and looking forward to getting down to St. Thomas and, enjoying a great opportunity for us from a coach's perspective this kind of trip is what 70 percent business 30 percent fun what's what's the breakdown for a weekend like this Nah, this isn't a foreign tour obviously you know foreign tour was 85 to 95 percent enjoyable 10 percent maybe five percent uh business this is all business you know we're not we're not going down there to sit in the sun and get suntan now they do have an activity for us on our off day apparently um, which we're excited about, I think, I mean, you know, and it's a great opportunity for some guys who haven't been out of, you know, haven't traveled a whole lot to the islands or, um, you know, anywhere like this. So it'll be, there'll definitely be some downtime for the guys, but quite honestly, not that much. You know, we got three games in four days. Um, we got a lot of work to do and a lot of film to watch. And, um, so, and our guys understand that, you know, and, and uh, when you're when you're trying to do something really special and continue the process of getting better each and every day, you know, you got to have some maturity and, you know, too much sun can wear your legs out. And they know that. And they're they're under the, the uh, they're, they're trying to go down and win Friday, um, you know, then play Sunday, see what happens Sunday, win on Monday and see if we can walk out of there with a trophy. Three games in four days. How does that affect the way you you spread out minutes in those that first game or two? If you know all? what, nah, you know at, at this point, you know we're we're gonna, you know we're it's a process. We're trying to figure out best combinations, but really, you know, dictated based off of fouls, based off of injuries, and who's healthy, and um, you know, quite honestly, who's adhering to the game plan. Look, we got. Uh, a lot of inexperienced guys um, and and some talent, no doubt, and even some transfers that are really talented, but they didn't come from, you know, a whole lot of successful programs that came from programs that, you know, were under 500. And as a result, they're learning our system, what it takes to get on the floor for us. And, um, you know, they're learning what it takes to, to win and, and for us, that means playing every possession like it's a championship possession. And if you're not used to that, it can take some some time. And 
you know, we talk about playing really hard and trying to get to the point where we're playing together. Um, and unfortunately, you know, when you have some new guys and some guys that haven't a ton of playing experience, even if they were a part of our program, that can take quite some time because you might have four guys playing at 100% for three minutes, one guy playing at 75% when he thinks he's playing at 100 Well, then you can't move on to the next block, which is together if you don't get all five guys playing at 100%. So that's our goal. It's to continue to, to, to find the combinations and to keep getting better each and every day. Um, and the, right now, you know, we, we don't, I don't know who's going to play what minutes. It's based off of day-to-day and game-to-game at this point. But I would think when you sign up for this with the team that you have, it just, as you just laid out, young guys, new faces, you hope to look back at this a month from now, six months from now, as kind of like a mini turning point, right? Like, you know, from this trip, we did this, we did that, we did this because the guys had a chance in a unique situation to, to come together, maybe speed up some of the maturation you're looking for. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And I, you know, I'll be real. We learned more about our, our team and ourselves uh, and what we need to do to get better than we did uh, uh, in losing to Cornell than we did winning that game against Wagner. Uh, we knew that we were capable of fighting back and never being out of a game and, and pulling it out. But, you know, we learned a lot more about what it takes every single day, both on and off the court, you know, from from the experience of Cornell. And these guys have responded really well the last few days. You know, um, we got another great opportunity to play, play another opponent on Friday in Norfolk State, um, you know, and, and that's the way they're looking at it. It's one day at a time, one game at a time, and you know, three games in four days is is preparing us for, you know, a grind. When we come back, I think Monday the twenty seventh, we play Manhattan, and pretty much until the tenth of December, I think we play something like every two days. So it's a two day prep, and then, you know, naturally in the Atlantic Ten, we'll have a lot of two day prep, and ultimately at the end of the year, you play multiple games in consecutive days. So this is um. It's just, it's just, it's it's um it's part of experience and learning how to take care of your bodies and create, get rest and recovery and um so uh, thankfully we do have a lot of depth a lot of guys who can you know who can step on the floor and give us good minutes and you know fortunately that's what that that was one of the positives we got from the other night we had some guys step up and kind of understand what it takes in two to three minutes hurts and, um, really good experience for Jameer Tripp and um and Angel Montas and so we need to we need to continue to build on that uh you're not kidding by the way with that schedule I think it starts the Saturday after Thanksgiving with a women's game mixed in with your schedule from then to like the second we get to December uh, I think I'm going to ask for a dorm room just to stay on campus instead of driving back and forth to Long Island <laughs> yeah um, yeah, it's, it's intense. And you know what? We like it that way. That's the best part about basketball. You know, it's just it, whether or not you win or lose, you get an opportunity to play a couple of days later. And that's the way we scheduled it. And we feel like we, we had a lot of that last year. And, you know, we, we got a rhythm down and we knew what we were day, doing the day after games and knew what we were doing uh, the day before the next. And we got in a rhythm and um, kind of have a formula. And we think that'll prepare us for, you know, the gauntlet. But that's the Atlantic 10 season. 
All right, let's get to the Cornell game. You've beat me to some of the things I was going to bring up about that second half. Go back to Jameer and Angel. They were not out there at the very end of the rally, but they were out there for their largest chunk of the two games as the rally started. What did you see from those two young guys in that second half? Yeah, I mean, they're versatile players. They can play multiple positions. I mean, they're guys that, like, with their size and their speed and their skill, they can they, you know, they can go get the ball off the, the glass, which both of them need to do a lot more of. Um, and then they can push it in transition, make plays for themselves and others. You know, they both shoot from the perimeter. They can score at all three levels. You know, they they just need to be a little bit more um, naturally when you, you get out there and you're excited and you're playing in your first set of college basketball games. And Angel is. He played in one game. He played a total of like 22 minutes in two games last year. Right? So, um, you know, and, you know, the speed of the game is a lot different, not just on the offensive end, but clearly on the defensive end. And, you know, now you got to really focus in on scouting reports and the way we play defense. You got to know every single guy who's potentially at least 10 guys and how we're closing out on them and what hand they might be going to and, you know, in the post. And, you know, so it's a lot being thrown at these guys. And the only way to do it is to get them some experience. Well, you know, that, that's also difficult, too, because we do have some older guys that, you know, it, you got to continue to build trust. And the way you do that is in practice every day. And then when you get your opportunity, playing so hard that you can make up for your mistakes. And I think they got that feeling. Both of them got in for a second time against Cornell and played that way. They just went out, played as hard as they could. They didn't really think about anything but playing as hard as they possibly could. And as a result, they played more consistent and gave us a big spark. We talked the first time about, you know, minus Darius and Khalid, who takes the big shots, who's in the middle of all the momentum swings, will hit some big shots late against Cornell. What was your takeaway from the way he closed out that game? Yeah, I thought, you know, he's a little bit more aggressive down the stretch. And, you know, we watched a lot of film as a team, but also, you know, I watched a lot of film with Will and, you know, he, he had a number of opportunities to get, you know, some shots and, you know, Will's such a tremendous young man. He, his work ethic is, is, is second to none of anybody I've been around. Um, but he's, he's very unselfish, almost too unselfish. He had a number of opportunities. You know, we need him to be kind of one of our premier scorers. And when he finds a shot, when, when he's a sliver of, of, of open to me that you got to get that shot off. And, you know, he doesn't want to, um, he, he's almost too unselfish. Right. So we're trying to teach him, look, man, you've got to take some shots. You, you've got to stretch the floor and then play off of your shot fake. Cause guys are flying at you. Um, you know, and after watching film, I think he could see that he had some opportunities to get a couple more, freeze off than he did specifically late in the game and and we need him to do that that's that's one of his roles is to score the basketball and then as a result he's going to um make everybody else around him better um because he is at the top of the scouting report and it's a lot it's a, it's a much different position to be in than he was in last year and and that's that takes some time you know teams are much more focused on him much more physical with him you know, when he drives the lane, they're, they're collapsing. So he's got to play off of two feet a little bit more. He's noticing that because they, they, they're they turning their backs on everybody else. And, 
you know, they're doubling him and, you know, attacking him in the paint. And so he, he, he he's, um, but the best part about Will is he's just so eager to learn. He's so coachable. He does whatever it takes to try to get better. And he's had two tremendous days of practice. Anything else on the positive side that stood out either in the moment of that second half or when you guys went back and watched the film from the game? Yeah, you know, obviously you're down 27 and you storm back with it with the ball down three. And, you know, also with it, you get a stop down two, but they get an offensive rebound and, and a put back and then you take another quick shot. And so it's all part of our learning process. Um, and we just got to continue the right spots so they can continue to learn. And, you know, defensively, look, we're getting stops, but we got to close out with rebounds. You know, the keys to the game last last week and all three practices leading up were go find bodies when the shot goes up and pursue the basketball. We didn't do that very well, specifically in the first half. Late in the game, we gave up some key um, offensive rebounds that, that led to some second chance points, especially late in the game. You know, those are winning plays that we got to get done late in games. Then, Two, we wanted to pressure the ball all over the floor, and we were doing that after made baskets. But we were we had practiced for three days on doing that, even after misses, and we allowed. And what a what a kind of inexperienced team does. We talk about not letting making or missing shots dictate our defensive effort. You know that's easier said than done. So when we make shots, we're we're upbeat, kind of dialed into what we're trying to do defensively. But when we miss shots kind of put our heads down. Uh, we got to move on to the next play, and that's natural, something we're continuing to work on throughout the practice. But also, you know, we talked about third, and the only offensive category we spoke about was turnovers. If we take care of the basketball, we're going to love the outcome because of the talent we have individually. And we had 15 turnovers, you know, in, in the first half, 17 for the game. Well, there's a reason why you scored 51 points in the second half. You only had two turnovers, you know, and – when you give up 24 points off of turnovers, most of which were obviously in the first half, you know, we figured, you know, if you take care of the basketball and you get shots, you're going to like the outcome. And then, you know, naturally everybody looks at the free throws and we do as well. But look, these guys are in the gym all day, every day. They're putting in the time, the effort. We don't really worry too much about free throws. That's just stepping up to the plate and, and getting there confidently. You know, we did talk today about the fact that because of the 15 turnovers and some of the opportunities we had to play off two feet, we didn't get to the free throw line until late. And as a result, you're a little tighter late in games. If we're getting to the free throw line more in the first and more earlier on in the second half, well, those guys have some more rhythm at the free throw line and they're not just taking their only free throws when it's crunch time. So, you know, uh, it's, it's some, 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 some positives and some things that clearly, you know, we need to continue to harp on and, and work on. And look, rebounding is always going to be a key. Taking care of the basketball is always going to be a key. We feel like if we do those two things, we're going to be in a position to win a lot of games. Let me start with the rebounding. Part of the, I guess, the problem, so to speak, was no Abdu against Cornell. Is there anything you can share uh, on his status moving forward? Yeah, no, he's ready to go. He practiced full today. I mean, he okay. tweaked his ankle the day before, and he just, you know, um, you know, he, he just didn't feel like he was capable of that at, at that time uh, of of helping the team. And he didn't want to hurt the team by being out there. And, you know, I respect that. You know, he tried to go and, and walk through and 
he was preparing to potentially, you know, uh, warm up. And then, you know, he went to get dressed. It just didn't feel right. And, you know, look, it's a long year, long season. <laughs> We're going to need everybody, <laughs> specifically Abdu, you know, and, um, so, so we're not going to put anybody in position to, to hurt themselves or, or, or the team in the long run. And, and I know, you know we have tremendous prideful fans. I know people are upset at the outcome, but, you know, it, it's part of this team's journey. And I think this team's journey is, is one that their ceiling is a lot higher than any team in the last several years. You know, it's, it's up to, to myself and our staff to do what we need to do to, to, to get them to reach that ceiling. Well, we got great guys that we're not going to put them in any position not to be successful. So uh, Abdu is, um, he's fought through a lot of pain in his career, specifically yeah. last year. On a, he played for six years on a torn ACL. So nobody knows how to play on pain more than he does. So, um, you know, he'll be great. He came back and he's been doing everything he needs to do with the trainers. And he had a great practice today. And I look forward to seeing him out there on Friday. So let me ask you a, a novice, bad basketball player, non-coach question about, uh, you know, a practicing to protect the basketball. So in my mind, you want Kyle, Antrell, somebody else out there against Will and Jaffe putting all this pressure on them. But if, if those two guys are playing defense, then they're not out there on the offense practicing against yeah. top-notch defense. So how do you, how do yep. you put everybody, how do you have your best defensive guys against your best offensive guys, but also keeping kind of the same rotations together so that that yeah. five man unit does the right thing on offense in the game. Yeah, that's a great, great question. And, you know, we just have to be diligent on our, on our patterns and our lineups, but, you know, um, we focus more of that maybe, you know, two days and a day before, you know, when we have three or four days of prep, it's about competition. It's about getting better. So, you know, the reality is when you have to put in what you just said, your best offensive lineup and the best, well, that's not a great team, right? So, you know, if you have to constantly figure out, you know, substitutions based on scoring points and then getting stops, well, you can do that late in games if you have enough timeouts. But we need our best offensive players to become elite defensive players. That's what we've been able to accomplish the last two years, and that's what's necessary this year in order for this team to be the most successful and these guys are taking that challenge on. They're, they're embracing it. They're trying to do what we're asking them to do. Um, so practices have been extremely competitive. Um, but there are consequences for turnovers. You know, So we're, we're making it very clear. If you don't play off of two feet or you turn the ball over carelessly, you will have a consequence immediately. And then you'll get right back in. And that consequence could be running. It could be what we call lefties. Something to remind them. I really don't want to have to do that. So I'm going to be extra careful with the ball in my hands. All right. I'm going to stay dumb for a second because you said it four times now and I don't know what it means. What does playoff two feet mean? So playoff jump stops, right? So naturally you're more under control. So we don't want to jump. We don't want to leave our feet and get caught in the air. And we've been doing that a lot lately, right? When we get two feet in the paint and we pivot once or twice or three times, we're getting uncontested layups are great perimeter jump shots our offense is designed off based off of concepts obviously sometimes we run specific actions to get specific shots for people in their sweet spots that's that's obvious but when we're playing whether or not it's off ball screens or whether or not it's just flat out driving space and isos 
Our goal is to get the ball in the paint, play off two feet, pivot, find, and, and we're moving to specific areas on the perimeter. Most of the time when you get the ball into the paint and you're in a jump stop position and you establish a pivot, most of the defenders are going to turn their backs and stare at the ball or kind of um, converge on the ball, which leaves the perimeter naked. Now, if they don't converge, well, now you're one-on-one with your pivot in the paint, which is tough to stop. And if you go back and you watch the tape, we're leaving our feet for jump passes. You know, we're, we're leaving our feet, not sure what we're going to do, and we get caught, and we get, you know, on three people, and, 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 you know, it's not a foul, but we get the ball knocked out of bounds, and now we're going with face OB with less than 10 seconds. So if we're playing off 10, two feet, we can use our shot fakes, we can get open perimeter jump shots, or we can score for ourselves. And, you know, that, that puts us under control a lot more. It means we're being physical. And, you know, it's almost like getting your own post up off the dribble. That's what we mean. Gotcha. Um, I marked this down to ask you the next time we spoke, and here we are. Uh, it caught my attention. After Wagner, you sit down in the press conference, and in your opening statement, you apologize for the way you – behaved on the sideline towards the referees did somebody catch you and i was there i didn't i i thought oftentimes your no. anger was warranted did somebody grab you walking off the court or did you no. feel that in the moment no i felt that in the moment you know i you know and it was just like the the the, the game against wagner look i'm you know if I'm going to ask my players or we're going to ask our players to exude um you know, a tremendous attitude. And what that means is, you know, you can't change what just happened. You don't want to compound a problem by making a second issue. So for instance, if you throw the ball over, you miss a shot, sprint back and get a stop. Don't, don't foul. Don't jog back. And, and now you missed a shot or turned it over and they get two on the other end or you put your teammates in position to get their own foul because you didn't hustle back to make up for your mistake. Right. So that's what attitude's all about moving on to the next play. And yes, yeah, so I'm going to fight for my guys. That's that's. There's no doubt that's part of what coaching is. Is the is the communication amongst refs. And you know, I just for me though, if I get too caught up in that, I'm not doing a good job coaching. And right now, this year is different than last. I, we have to coach and be much more disciplined. And I have to be much more under control and less emotional. Don't confuse your passion with emotion. That's something that Jay Wright spoke to me about. Pat Chambers used to talk to me about all the time, something I've dramatically worked on. And, you know, if I'm going to ask my players to do, do that, I got to, I got to be able to, to, to do the same and move on to the next place. So I can make sure I'm coaching, putting our team in the, in the best position to be successful. And again, sometimes it's warranted. Other times it does no good, right? It, it does no good. It might actually even make it worse. So I'm going to tell, if I'm going to tell our players to have great attitudes and move on to the next play, Sometimes I'm going to be able to do them myself. Along those lines, and we mentioned this during the Cornell broadcast, uh, do you believe ever in getting a tech on purpose to fire up the guys when things aren't going well? Is that a, an actual strategy? Well, if 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 I have to do that, then we're not then then we're not ready to play the game. Now, I think I got one tech last year, um, and <laughs> I probably deserve probably ten of them. And that one, I don't think I deserved at all. But, you know, that referee and I actually developed a tremendous relationship throughout the years. So it's funny how that works. Kind of hoping that that's what the Cornell loss does. It, 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 we develop a great relationship in our locker room and use that as fuel like I did with that referee. But, 
you know, I, I, um, I understand some folks think that that's what happens, um, but you're not trying to get a tech. You might go overboard, uh, you, you know, depending on the situation. But like, I don't think it does a whole lot of good. I mean, if that's what it takes to motivate your team, well, you know, you're not, your your team is probably not in the best position to be successful to begin with. So I'm not exactly sure if coaches actually try to do that or if they're just so angry at the moment that it just kind of naturally takes place. I don't know. Um, all right. I think this is the last thing. Is it good or bad that after you guys run that out of bounds setup against Wagner, hoping to get a foul on them and the, you almost did the call didn't go your way.